Welcome back to Juxtaposition. I'm JC and LC. Happy Friday and happy belated birthday, my good brother. Ah, happy Friday, man. And I appreciate that, broski. Um, but I'm doing great, brother. I, I was and I am blessed uh, to have had a great experience and another awesome year of life. Um, mm-hmm. And and I do think it's funny. Thank you for bringing up my birthday. I I, you know, transparently, I never really like celebrate my birthday. Um, but frankly, my wife, she definitely, especially early on in our marriage, she really helped me to learn how to appreciate life differently. Yeah. So, you know, I, I definitely learned how to start celebrating myself. But if I'm honest, um, you know, when it came down to me celebrating, I started to celebrate, you know, I went from not celebrating my birthday to celebrating the things I survived mm-hmm. and what I accomplished. And, you know, you know, that's cool. But it wasn't until, frankly... I'll say a few years ago at this point, maybe about a year or two ago, God really um, challenged my line of thought about my birthday and how I was celebrating it. He uh, he helped me to kind of identify that, you know, me celebrating my accomplishments, you know, and things that nature, they were nice. It was really nice and even well-deserved to a degree, right? But honestly, and I can only speak for myself, I can't speak for everybody else, especially those listening. I know we got some humble folks out there, but for me, um, you know, my celebrations at times, they would be relatively vain. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, God had to really kind of fix my eyes on the reality that me celebrating my accomplishments and then also expecting others to celebrate me in that same manner, it was great and fun. However, he, he kind of asked me one time, he was like, who gave you the sound mind when you didn't have a sound mind to make good decisions? Mm-hmm. Who gave you the perfect health when you were sick? Uh, you know, who gave you hope when you were hopeless and, and preservation to stand, uh, perseverance, excuse me, to stand when you were weak in the knees. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I thought about all those things, it, it gave me insight. God helped me get insight to ask myself, like, well, what did I really accomplish mm-hmm. and what am I really celebrating? And and transparently, bro, I realized, like, I don't really have nothing I can celebrate because I didn't do anything to earn or to get myself to this point. If I'm really honest, right. Regardless of the activities I may feel that I've done. So, yeah. So, you know, so this birthday for me has been a dope opportunity. I do mean dope opportunity for me to reflect on what my father's allowed me to learn, grow through um, and to assure that I don't look back at what was, but Mm -hmm. I stay trained on, looking ahead of what's to come and his guidance to love and correction. Um, And that sense of understanding provides me the desire to celebrate and not necessarily just celebrate me, but also celebrate really the God in me and what he has prepared um, as I look forward in him and not so much absorbed in myself for personal praise. So, uh, Mm. so yeah, bro, that's a long way of me saying that, you know, it was full of love, peace, another year down, many, many, many more to go. (laughs) Got it. I I like that. That's a very different perspective because at first from what you were saying, I, I was thinking you were saying that you should not be celebrating your birthday because you feel like that's a bit self-absorbed, but you're saying that you are celebrating your birthday, but your perspective of the celebration is a bit different, right? Yes, yes, yes. Interesting. Very different. Okay. Very different. And, and, and what type of value do you, would you say that has added or like, how has that changed your approach to, to celebrating um, another year? So I think it just allows me to sit in more appreciation mm-hmm. of of 
of not again not only just like where i am but where i know i can go versus mm-hmm. before like i said i was more just like yeah i made it look at what i did god got me here whoop, yeah. whoop. and it was like always like a dope part don't get me wrong had a lot of fun mm-hmm. but then it's like but what did i really do to accomplish that level of celebration mm-hmm. and then i realized like bro you you were just the extra in the movie. Like, you yeah. didn't really do anything to get here, but you're focused on telling people, like, oh, I did this, and I accomplished that, and I survived this, and the Lord could have took me out then. And it's like, I don't really have time to think in that manner mm-hmm. anymore. It's more like, where are you going? What have you learned? Mm-hmm. How are you growing? And then, more importantly, how are you passing that on to others around you? Because, again, if I'm going to have people around celebrating, it should be not just me the focus but us as a community of people right like you loving on me i'm loving on you in the same manner so yeah we're we're celebrating my birthday but yet we're celebrating the essence of life together and being able to share in what we all can have moving forward in each other's lives as we grow and develop in christ so interesting um, yeah okay. it just shifted a little bit yeah yeah i'm, I'm interested to see how i feel this birthday kind of my i mean i don't know that i felt that way per se but sure a little bit of what you're saying it it, t- it takes me back to my 30th birthday i was in um california and i was um it was an early morning i was in a jacuzzi by myself um so for a couple of friends and I, we uh, rented a house, and it was not a mansion. Well, I mean, anyway, it doesn't even matter. But it was, it was, a, it, was <laughs> it was a nice little abode. But I don't say that to like boast. It was an Airbnb, um, yeah. and I could see the mountains from where I was in the jacuzzi, and I was just reflecting about life. And I think that that's the essence of what you're getting at is like going beyond just like the kind of it's like. If like like Christmas, like you can get so caught up in a holiday that you kind of really miss the like the mm-hmm. the real important aspects of, right. of what you're really supposed to be taking away. Right. Um. But back to my story. Um. So it was my big thirtieth, and uh, I remember when I was younger, I always said when I'm t- when I turn thirty, I'm going to be I want to be rich. Um, right. I, said, right. I, I would always say that. I said when I'm thirty, that's my year of being rich. And, um, you know, I, when I got back, um, when I was at, when I was, when I turned 30 and I'm in the jacuzzi, um, I looked at the mountaintops and I had that moment of introspection. I was by myself and I was spending that time with God. And I I said, you know, it came to my spirit that I am rich. And, Mm. you know, because I think at a young age, I used to think of, you know, being rich in terms of material, but I've learned that rich sometimes, oftentimes is, is immaterial, right? Like wholeness, I had health, I had peace, I had joy, I had love in my life. Um, And I'm not saying love in terms of intimate relate. I mean, I do have an intimate relationship um, with the heavenly father who loves on me in a way a human could not fathom to love on me. But um, I like, I like, I like what you said. I like what you said, just going beyond the um, typical approach to celebrating another, you know, what I say, another uh, trip around the moon, if you will. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. But cool, cool. Well, again, um, happy belated brother, uh, birthday, my brother. And it's, I mean, thank you, friend. It's crazy, bro, to know that I'm even uttering those words already, right? Like 2024 yeah. uh, is moving, right? Light, we are in a new year. 
Uh, time is flying, and we legit have less than two weeks left in February. And I yep. mean, if if y'all can't feel it, we can. I mean, time is moving, and I yep. hope, I really hope, I really, really hope y'all are tapping in because if not, I mean, you're kind of just gonna repeat the same cycle, you know, repeat what yeah. should have been left in the past. But to alleviate that, I believe we all have an opportunity to tap into some nuggets that my brother and I are gonna share today. Uh, and our title today is A Mind Under Subjection. So, bro, you are the one who actually, you know, came up with this being a title uh, or a topic that we should discuss. So I'm really curious to know what made you, you know, I think you've even, I don't know who, I think it was dad who asked, like, how do y'all come up with your topics? Like, how do you, so, you know, <laughs> and I know it varies based yeah, on yeah. the, you know, there are a lot of different ways these topics come to life, but what, um, what made you think about bringing this particular topic to the juxtaposition platform to share with our listeners? Yeah. So first off, I think um, to kind of cover the basis on like where we even get some of this messaging from or titles for one, I think we have to give honor to God to realize that he's the one that gives us all of these uh, titles from one, a lot of our conversations. And mm -hmm. then two, a lot of the experiences that we've been able to have both separately. And then when we kind of come together and we discuss these things like, Oh, it's, you know, it just the clarity, you know, of it all just kind of, it just starts to connect. And so for me, a mind of the under subjection is a very just provocative title. Right. And I, and I yeah. think, you know, I, I, you know me, I like kind of provoking our spirits from time to time, and especially from the, the religion and Christianity standpoint. You know, I know mm -hmm. a lot of us from the past will say, you know, when you hear that, it may make you think like, oh, my mind ain't under no subjection. I'm I'm, I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. You know, I, mm -hmm. I'm clear minded. Right. And that sounds nice and whatnot. But this title, I believe, is to inform us on not only what it is we think about, but how we think and the results of those thoughts. Right. And mm -hmm. and how do those thoughts drive our actions fuel mm -hmm. our motivations and even in the manner in which we respond during times of trouble so simply put a mind of, under subjection can be positive as much as it is negative right and mm. you know my my understanding of a mind under, under subjection of the grace of god will cause me to operate in the fruits of the spirit having peace love joy sound mind mm -hmm. kindness gentleness you know the rest right mm -hmm. versus a mind that is always anxious about something not working out, consistently mm. worried about my kids being in danger because they're out of my eyesight for two minutes, mm -hmm. right? Thinking that everybody's against me or got something, you know, some hidden agenda to make me, you know, be exposed or worrying about if my bills going to be paid. Like those, those are different areas that your mind can be subjected under, right? So in other words, the fruit of the spirit in which you produce, I believe, gives insight to where your mind and your heart are currently planted. So that's kind of why I want to talk about some of this. That's good stuff. And, you know, the mind is such um, it's such a important aspect of who we are as people and yeah. how we operate as people. Um, you know, I, I, I think we all have seen the rates of mental health crises. And we've sp spoken about this before. Yep, sure I mean, they're just exploding, right? Mm -hmm. And not just amongst the people who are non-believers, even with the Christians, right? Yes, and, yes. You know, what I have had to learn is that I fight 
from victory. I don't fight for victory, right? Mm. So to the point of, you know, my, the things that are driving my anxieties or my worries or my fears, I think that's an indication of, of, of uh, a lack of knowledge and yep. a lack of, of truth um, that I have truly come into the fullness of walking in. Sure. So for example, you know, we're getting, we're not getting any younger. Right. So yeah. I have had thoughts that have come through my mind around, you know, health potential um, health crises that could happen. I am a black man. As a black man, I'm susceptible to certain generational things. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I have had to fight to know that my father, especially as I'm stewarding myself, my body well, um, and doing all that I can do. But even we know people, there are people who are healthy and, you know, they just snap their fingers, they, they, they drop dead, right? But yep, yep. I have convinced myself that my father, his purpose uh, or, or his, he's not done with me yet. Yeah. And, and I, I have convinced myself according to his word that, you know, he will allow my latter days to be f better than my earlier days. Mm -hmm. So even even though, you know, statistics may say a certain thing, even though the doctor may say I have uh, a predisposition to something, mm -hmm. I have chosen to rest in the words that my father has said about me. Amen. So, you know, I, I really think it's imperative, you know, you know, having this concept of, of, of a mind under subjection to God is, I think, very imperative to having a genuine relationship with Christ that opens the door to us walking into the fullness of this thing being real, right? Yeah, yeah. We could talk about, oh, I want my crown of life and I'm striving for this and that, but it's like, but do you see it? Mm. Are, are you living it? Is it something that is genuinely tangible. And I believe that's, that is something that should be tangible. Us leaving the former things behind, whether those are mindset, whether those are habits, philosophies, and then coming into the richness of all that God has designed specifically for our life. I mean, Jeremiah 29, 11, right? He talks about his plans that he has for us, right? Yeah. So, um, and, and they're good plans. And but I have a choice to put my mind under subjection to that plan or to be susceptible based on all the things I hear in the news and all the things I expose myself to that puts itself or challenges the word that God has has given to me. So, um, you know, I think I kind of the Holy Spirit was kind of giving me giving us a little teaser to the episode. But I um, as I was doing research to your point, Elsie, around this topic, you know, I think we all can have different um things that come to mind, our mind can go in a few different places when we hear the topic of mind under subjection. So I, I, I found myself doing some research, right? And I found myself in quite a few places and one of them being the dictionary. <laughs> yeah. And subjection is defined as the act or process of bringing someone or something under one's control. Mm. And in this case, it's it should be obvious that we are that someone, right? Yeah. We are that someone who is going through the process of being bought under the control of God in terms of aligning ourselves to be subject to his will yeah. and his desires for our life. And I'm not going to lie, 
And I think you kind of alluded to it as an adult. That's probably a hard pill to swallow, right? Sure, it, I, sure. I don't necessarily have a positive response to me, you know, being that someone who is under another thing's control. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that's a hard pill to swallow, which, you know, makes me think of our episode for, from a couple of weeks ago. But <laughs> I think. I think this shows the risk of living consistently the way we desire to, um, you know, to do what's innate, to do what's normal, to do what everyone else is doing, which in return makes us abort that process yeah. that the dictionary is speaking of. You ever wonder why you see grown folk, old folk who've been in the church all day, every day, and they're underdeveloped. It's because mm. they are aborting the process mm. of, 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 of being under subjection. Yep. Um, yep. You know, so for example, I want to give a, a personal example. I was doing tons of reflecting about my life just before the new year. Um, and this is, you know, the, the, the example more so on the flesh, right? So, um, you know, just before the new year, doing a lot of self inventory. And I've realized that I honestly, and even innocently have created habits like mom would also often say, I am genuinely like her. We're creatures of habit. Sure, sure. But, big but, I have learned that some of my habits were actually laced in deception, mm. self-sabotage, and more importantly, carnal nature that actually didn't benefit me, especially it didn't benefit my walk with God and my representation of my father that mm -hmm. I was supposed to be exhibiting to other people. So for example, going on business trips and having drinks with my colleagues at every dinner or every event. Now I want to be clear, right? Like having a drink is not bad per se. We, we do know that Jesus, his first miracle was making wine mm -hmm. at, at a wedding. Right. Um, and I will say particularly it's not bad per, I mean, obviously there are health uh, implications, um, emotion, you know, there, there are yeah, a lot of implications, yeah. right? Um, Special overindulgence of things. Definitely, right? Particularly um, when you have learned by the grace of God to exhibit the fruit of spirit, like self-control, mm -hmm. you, you know, there, there's not necessarily, it's not necessarily bad, but to the point of overindulgence is, is not self-control. Right. Um, but I will say, if having a drink leads you astray, you know, do yourself a favor and stay away. Right. But mm -hmm. after all, you know, and after all, the, the Bible does make it clear that wine is a mocker. And, and let's just say, brother, the, the Bible ain't lying. Yeah, ain't. Um, they've done that. <laughs> um, however, you know, what many people may not know about me is that I started my career in the alcohol industry. So um, yes, yes, yep. for the saints, for the saints, I did, I did to, to put the stone down. You, 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 you without sin, don't you know? You could Yahoo ain't got no sin. Throw the stone, but you know, just you know, just just let let a, let a brother live. I, I ain't in it no more, y'all. But um, but yeah, I started I started my my career in the alcohol industry, and it was flat out weird if you did not have a beer in your hand at a company like weird like people yeah. look at you like something's wrong with you yeah um and that subconsciously trained me to have my mind under subjection to mm -hmm. uh, a certain philosophy a certain way of, of thinking a certain way of being mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. it, it gave me this mindset that hey, you're at a business dinner you know you're at a business event 
have a drink with your colleagues. It's kind of the thing to do. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, I'm mature, so I never, ever got to the point where I was out of character. I'm, I'm thankfully too grown, too mature to do that, too much at stake to, to risk to, to do that. But ultimately, as I grew and matured, God started to deal with me. You know, he helped me realize that I was a walking billboard of Jesus, whether I asked for it or not. That's yeah. what I am. Yeah. And, you know, this, I believe, is is a part of why many Christians have issues drawing non-believers to God. Mm. Um, you know, because if I'm doing everything that everyone is doing in the same way that everyone is doing it, not saying that I was literally doing everything that everyone was doing. For example, again, the context here is a drink with the colleagues. Again, I'm not saying what was wrong, but creating that habit, creating that... Um, you know, just that, that just, yeah, just creating that habit. It just, it, it, it just was not beneficial for me, particularly someone as a representative of Christ. But, um, but yeah, so I have learned that as being a man of God who is called to live this set apart life and to be this representative of Christ that God seeks for me to be some things I had to pull away from. Right. Mm -hmm. And and mm -hmm. as God dealt with me, he started to help me. You guessed it. He started to help me to get my mind under subjection to his desires for my life. And again, yes. I want to I want to really reemphasize. Re re I'm not saying I was wrong for having a drink with my colleagues, mm -hmm. um, but I, I do believe there are little things that um, can be done that really illustrate um, discipline. Uh, self-control, being set apart, um, you know, just intentionally doing things that go against the grain, right? Yeah, so while yeah. I have grown to appreciate fine wines and, and great things like that, God has shown me that there will be times that I need to consistently turn down my glass mm -hmm. um, and to be an example that it's okay to have fun and it's okay to do it without a drink with my yeah. colleagues, right? Yeah. Um, so I hope all of that makes sense, right? Like being in this process of being submitted to God, there are things that um, the, the non-believer or the weaker Christian, there are things that can make them even vulnerable, right? Yeah, to, you know, yeah. so being that example, God had to show me like, sometimes, son, I want you to sit out. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes yep. I want you, even, even though it's not causing you no harm, but yep. if your freedom in Christ can impact somebody else, I may need you to sit out, right? Because yep. at the end of the day, your priority is not to just uh, live it up with your colleagues and have a good time. Your, your, your end all be all in this world is to serve my will and to be under subjection to the things I call you to be. So with all that being said, again, I really hope all that makes sense, but I hope and I wonder, rather, for our listeners out there, I wonder what that thing is that God has been trying to help you process through in order to position yourself under his control. And even the smallest things. We're going to get into the meat, but I wanted to kind of start with a worldly example yeah. or a very tangible example <clears throat> that I believe is potentially relatable. Um, but, bro, would love to hear your thoughts. So first, you, you said a lot of really good things here, but to kind of even really before I even get into my part to to add some more clarity to what I believe you were calling out, um, you said you know not 
a few things about you not having to drink with your colleagues, you know, whether that was bad or wrong. And I, I frankly, I can't wait until we cover that because so many of yeah. us, especially from a religious standpoint, have such a blinded misconception <clears throat> of right versus wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm going to hold up on that for, for a later date, but you've matured to an understanding that you are, like you said, a walking billboard for God's glory. Right. Mm-hmm. Meaning that whether you ask first or not, <laughs> what people see will either cause them to draw near to God yeah. that you serve or say that you're a hypocrite and you're like everyone else, right? Yeah. And, and, and give the ability for them to take your actions out of context, feeding their personal perceptions. And I, and I love how you said before, right? Like if me having a drink, me participating in activity is going to lead somebody else to sin because their their contextual maturity is not there, then, yeah, it's in my best interest to stop, right, because yeah. of that impact. So even to go a little further, you and, and I guess even for the audience, you know, we could just think about this. You may have a friend that says, well, if, if JC could drink, I can too. Mm-hmm. But now that same person that said that they could have a drink like you is under the table drunk. Literally. Like they're, 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 they're just yeah. torn up from the floor up under the table. You're not, but they are, right? They haven't gone through that process of exhibiting uh, de- self-control. Uh, self-control. Exactly. Right. They, they lack self-control. They lack the, the, the transparent understanding of not only what you have as a relationship to God, who you are. They're, they may not have that still that that self-identifying factor yet. And, and that's very much a reality for a lot of us. We all know people like that to mm-hmm. some degree right mm-hmm. um and i think what you're highlighting is that in that realm or in that activity you're spiritually responsible for that person being under the table because they followed your lead right because yeah. to a degree as the mature one <clears throat> excuse me as a mature christian you have to be humble enough to read the room to know your audience if you will and to have discernment to understand what you should and should not probably be doing not because it's right or wrong but because again of who it may actually affect mm-hmm. right and so you know when i think about that it, it it makes me think about what is it that we have done as people right if we really think about uh people that we have in our lives and things of that nature what have we done that for us to do it hasn't been a big deal but if you've been around somebody and you're doing something they t- attempt to do the same exact thing and it winds up hurting them what, what does that look like? How, mm-hmm. how many times have we been in situations where, you know, you try to, you know, go to, you know, somebody else's house and have fun, whatever case is, but you bring your little brother or little sister and then now they got themselves in trouble unnecessarily because they didn't belong there. That's not mm-hmm. they were not mature to be in that position. So, again, bro, I think your your perspective was very mature and relatively unselfish. Because if you wanted to just do you, you could have just done you. But you're thinking again about the body of Christ. Not I'm yourself. not just thinking. I'm putting myself under subjection. I, At that I'm, part. Yeah. I'm not that dictating part. my my life. That part. Right. And, and I think you're also highlighting that as believers, and even those that may not even have the full essence of believing just yet, we're all of one body. Right. We're, we're, we're not just uh, individuals just operating in our own will, but we're all of one body. So how we do things should represent what we are subjected to. So even mm-hmm. if we were to go scripturally with this real quick, Romans chapter 12, verse four, for just as one in the physical body, we have many parts and these parts do not all have the same function or special use. So we who are many are nevertheless just one body in Christ. And individually we are parts of another mutually dependent 
on each other. Mm -hmm. So again, understanding that my foot cannot lift what my hands can, mm -hmm. right? So why would I put my foot in a position to carry a burden that it wasn't meant to carry? Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's some of the, the, the mindset of, again, if you're putting your mind under a certain subjection of doing things your way versus God's way, it's going to kind of lead to what you allow the body to be exposed to. So mm. long when I know that was kind of long when, but going back to your, your question for me, the manner in which I respond to my family is one that is, is kind of how I looked at some of this as well, what I subject my mind to and how I operate. So the way I respond to my family, uh, not only just on what I say, but how I reflect the results of that. So for all my parents out there, I'm sure that we all have told our kids not to do something, right? But do we ever find ourselves doing the very thing we tell our kids not to do, mm. right? We give stern guidance to only openly do the very thing right in front of their eyes, mm. not even realizing that we're causing confusion for our children, mm. right in their mind, right? And so now they hear what we say, but they also see what we do, right? So for them, the math is not mathing. Like, we're just, it's just not adding up. So, which in turn, this is why, as sometimes our children get older, we see that rebellious spirit really come out of them, right? And we act like we don't know where it comes from, but part of it is the confusion that we set, right? That double-mindedness that you were talking about earlier. So, let's be real. I can't tell my daughter she needs to exhibit a better form of self-control of her emotions when she's upset for her to then turn and see me screaming at the top of my lungs in anger because somebody forgot to clean up the dinner table, right? That, that, that's not going to make sense. I, I could tell my sons they need to rely on God when facing hard times and pray and all that stuff. However, every time I'm going through something, they see me with a bottle on my hand because I was agitated because, you know, work was hard today. So I, I have an excuse. And plus, I'm an adult, right? I'm, a, I'm allowed to do that, right? That, that way of thinking and that that attempt to be an example for my family, it has to be laced in not only my thoughts, but where I allow my mind to be resided as as it relates to what it's subjected under. Unpack right. That. So unpacking that a little bit more, if I'm allowing myself to only be focused on me telling my kids what they should do, and how to do without it being again, driven from what the word of God has instructed me to do. Mm -hmm. Me uh, literally uh, not just acknowledging the word of God, but being deep in it enough to where I understand that my actions and my being are representative of that mm -hmm. or representing that itself. Mm -hmm. If I'm not thinking in that way, then my actions are literally going to represent everything outside of it, mm -hmm. which causes confusion mm -hmm. because I'm going to show two different sides of who I am. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to allow myself to be subjected to myself, Mm. then yeah there you go i'm gonna be confusing everybody because mm -hmm. i'm double-minded my, mm -hmm. my my heart can't be trusted mm -hmm. right so again you know if i desire my family to operate in peace and love in times of trouble then i must exhibit that but i can't exhibit that if my mind is not subjected under god and his love right because that's mm -hmm. what the wholeness of god looks like versus me telling my family just do what i said because you know i'm dad just listen mm -hmm. to to my perspective like that's not helpful at all that's good that's good i love the 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 just the way you paralleled being under in theory subjection to your own thoughts and those things yeah. that are exalting themselves against god and his will 
your thoughts and yep. and then what it looks like when you actually are leaning into what God is actually calling you to do and how that creates clarity and awareness and maturity. So um love that. And I think, you know, as I was also doing my research, uh, this is a scripture I think most people, you know, it's funny, I was like Googling like a mind under subject. Like I was expecting to find those words specifically in the Bible. I did not. Um for yeah, Bible scholars out there hit a brother up if, if I missed it. But one scripture that I, I did find was second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through five. And I'm going to actually read the King James version because I actually really appreciate, um, I just appreciate the, the way it's worded and I'm going to, I'm going to leverage that to round out our discussion for today. So second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three through five says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That part at the end, I think is really key, right? Bringing mm -hmm. um, every thought to the obedience of Christ Jesus. It's not into like, I'm, I'm not following my thoughts. Like my thoughts right. are in obedience to Christ Jesus. So we know that I think it's kind of like one Christian one-on-one, we understand we're in spiritual warfare. Yep. We know there's an adversary walking around like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. So Peter tells us to be so of a sober spirit and to be alert. We got it. Good. So back to Corinthians. Um, so, after we acknowledge the fact that we're in the spiritual warfare, he mentions that our warfare is mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The very things that spiritually plague us and produce the works of the spirit or that rotten fruit, Elsie, that you often mention, or, you know, as you were talking about the, the divided mindset, right, that leads to a man who's unstable in all his ways, those cycles of self-sabotage, um, the lack of self-control, the bitterness, the envy, etc., um, those are examples of those spiritual things that plague us and those things yeah. that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. We have an opportunity to be under subjection to those things, those works of the flesh, or to the will of God. So Paul then goes on to say in the verse, verse five, um, as I've already repeated, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So going back to the season two teaser that came out a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that, you know, this season was all about application, which yeah. eventually leads to elevation. And guess what? The adversary that we all have, he doesn't care that you show up to church or listen to this podcast what he cares about is you letting those words go on one in one ear and coming out the other he wants that heart of yours to be as hard as stone he wants you to allow those things those thoughts those habits those addictive patterns that lack of self-control those things that exalt themselves against the things that god wants for you he desires that right yep. um you know so 
those strong feelings and opinions, those things that are, don't align with God, that's the thing that he wants to let fly in your life and just run rampant. And I believe I've said this before, but Martin Luther said, um, in essence, you can't step, stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. Yeah. So I, I really wonder, like, what has been building up inside of that head of yours? Mm. You know, what what thoughts are you allowing to exalt themselves mm. against the uh, obedience of God? Right. Like, are you are you just, you know, warring this thing in the flesh, walking in the flesh or are you leaning into the the, the true version of yourself? That's spirit, yeah. man, that, that that's what's inside of all of us. And, you know, what has really stopped you? from getting into the warfare to bring down everything that opposes the things that Christ desires for your life. Um, and I don't know, it's just, you know, bro, it's so funny. I'd be in the gym, right? I'd be working out. Um, I'm, I'm telling y'all all my business. I'd be, wor <laughs> I'd be working out, um, you know, and you, you see, you know, you kind of gauge who's single in the gym. Like, you know, she looked like she, a, you know, she looked like she could be me. She matched my energy. You know, she taking care of herself. But, you know, what, and I don't know what I don't know. And, and if, if, you know, if I do get married, you know, it would only be something that is going to come from God, not from, you know, my humanity driving me to a woman. But I, I often, one of the things that always causes me to pause and to be prayerful is that, there is an immense, a massive vulnerability of a, of a person, particularly a Christian. That's where mm -hmm. I, I would only get in a relationship with a Christian, but there's a vulnerability when we live according to the flesh. Cause I yes. know I'm being checked out too. I know they, they, yes. Oh, you know, he got his little matching under armor fit on and <laughs> you know, he, he, his body all looking right. And he got his haircut. He look good. You know, I, I, I listen, you looking at me, I'm looking at you right um respectfully like not, right, not yeah, you know right. nothing inappropriate you. but yeah. like you know we, we in the gym you know we young you know so but it, it's that thing that makes me like it what pauses my spirit man is just like be man, man of god don't yeah. don't 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 just run after yeah. her because she 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 she, yeah. she got it tight looking right yeah. um what that spirit do what that so like so I, what i'm yeah. getting at is that so many of us christians are allowing our thoughts to run rampant. Yes. These behaviors, yes. these yes. habits to run rampant, these things mm -hmm. that are exalting themselves against the knowledge of God, particularly because many of us don't have the knowledge of God. Um, and I think that's where I kind of want to round out is that to be in this spiritual warfare effectively, we need to ensure that we are ensuring that we are not just memorizing God's word, but mm -hmm. it's becoming a part of our life. And we have these things in context. And like I said, like we, I'm talking to y'all openly, like I'm looking for mind of subjection in the Bible. Like we have to, we have to be aggressive and hungry and intentional enough to like really deep dive and seek these things to understand our father and his will for our life. And Hey, I'm 33 years old. I'm not going to get it perfectly every every time, but um, I am doing my due diligence to ensure that I am keeping things in obedience to Christ. So, so my, while my father says a man who finds a wife finds a good thing, the Bible says a whole bunch of other things about a wife who is a, who who, who uh, mm, boy sure do. Uh, they sure uh, do. 
I'm just going to say read Proverbs. Pro- Proverbs lets you know that a wife can be a beautiful thing, but also a thorn in your side. Mm. And, 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 and I ensure that my purpose is my priority. So mm-hmm. I, I don't allow your good looks and your consistency mm-hmm. in the gym to make me create this narrative in my head that's actually not true. Mm-hmm. You, you, you could be a Jezebel mm-hmm. in the flesh, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and when I say Jezebel, I don't mean pers- promiscuous. Check out the Old Testament. She's not who many people thought she was. But um, but yeah, so I, I, I just wonder, bro, do we ever do we ever know what thoughts are against the knowledge of God and do we do we do we know how these results are bearing? Um, you know, allowing those thoughts. Do we know what those those allowing those thoughts run freely against the knowledge of God? Do we know what kind of results those bear in our life? So, I, I first off, everything that you kind of said earlier, building up to this point, I think is really important because again, the whole title of this is "Mind Under Subjection." So, even going back to your your you know. Uh, statement about a woman in the gym that you may look at but okay what what caused your thoughts to in some aspects in that moment juxtapose your innate thought process Mm -hmm. right that's what we're talking about here right so that ability to Mm -hmm. juxtapose your ability just to walk up to go hey hey baby how you doing because that's the thing that is definitely a thing yeah it's it's definitely a thing right because that again that's how some of the married folks listening to me find their wife, Bruh, it's it's a reality, right? You see something that look good, and you you think it mm-hmm. smell good, and now you just now you just run into it without even thinking about what's leading you. Like what's we can't say. Well, I know God gave told me that that, that if God gave you that woman to be your wife, that wasn't impulsive. Mm-hmm. Did 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 you, did you just you know hop in the sack day one thing? Now now we getting married. That says a lot, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and again. God makes everything in his will. So either if you made a mistake or not, he will make it all turn out for his good. So keep with it. Stay with it. Stay fighting. I'm not saying, you know, you, you know, you're a bad person for, for doing those of things. Course. I'm just saying all I'm saying is that we have to be cognizant of how our thoughts lead to our actions. Mm-hmm. And that simply put shows or highlights where your mind is related to it, its subjection, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's under. Um, so going back to your question, bro, you asked about, um, do I ever, I think you said, do we know what the thoughts against, you know, do we understand that our thoughts can be against knowledge of God and what the results of that could look like? And my answer to that is, frankly, if we are stubborn people, uncoachable, not open to being corrected because it makes us uncomfortable, then no, we're not going to understand that, right? Because first off, being, um, and I think you've mentioned this before, you know, if you think about a baby, a baby wants what a baby wants, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't really care that it's two o'clock in the morning. If it wants milk, it's screaming mm-hmm. to the top of his lungs. So in the same manner, if you know, you're know you one of those people that don't like being corrected because it's not what you want at that moment, then yeah, everything that's being said here is going to be nice to hear, but nothing that's really applicable. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and the thing is, is that we're not going to realize though, bro, how our thoughts are against God if we trust and only rely on our hearts. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that we don't all realize. We always talk about, well, you know, I feel and what I feel and mm-hmm. and, and we base our feelings off of nothing, right? Mm-hmm. It's just empty. And, Flesh. and you know, very fleshly. And if you think about, again, going back to Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9 through 10, you've shared this many mm-hmm. times. The heart is deceitful above all things. And it is extremely sick. <laughs> Who can understand it fully? 
and know its secret motives, right? It's so so again, this is this is how we set ourselves up for that experience of unnecessary burdens, right? And when we don't humble ourselves to be honest enough to 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 have the desire to not only just change course, uh, but to to get clarity of who our father is, mm-hmm. it, it it leads us to living a life that lacks knowledge of not only our father's nature, but his will. Mm. And, and when you think about Hosea chapter four, uh, verse six, it says, my people are destroyed yeah. for a lack of knowledge of my law, where I reveal my will mm. because you, the priest of nation have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you from being my priest. Since you have forgotten my law, of, since you have forgotten the law of your God, I will also forget your children. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that last part because, again, it kind of highlights that, again, the impacts of our stubbornness goes beyond our own destruction. Yeah. Right. And, and like I said, we are all a part of one body. So if, if God is telling us that he's going to forget our own children because we've literally forgotten him, then we have to realize we're hurting the very body of Christ because we're not doing our part. Mm. Right. And, and we're not taking into account how not only we're thinking, but the, the knowledge that is actually empowering our thoughts. So for me, I would say, you know, to kind of wrap up my thoughts on this, my challenge to us all is to ask yourself, what dominates your thoughts? Right. And I think the perfect way to know that is when you wake up, especially tomorrow morning, when you open your eyes, mm. where does your mind go? I don't care what what. Where does your what is the first thing you think of, right? And take a moment to reflect on how your thoughts make you feel. And then at that time, ask God for clarity and guidance. But if you do, or when you do ask him, have faith in him alone that he's going to show you. Because if you allow it to be your heart or another man's opinion, you're not going to be willing to test the truth out. You're not going to be willing to really seek his face to guide, to be guided with the guidance of, okay, my mind is being subjected to, 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 to how my parents used to do things. So that's why I'm, that's why I operate in the, in this fatherhood way, the way I do, because this is how my dad is. So this is how I'm going to do it. Mm. Ignoring again what the will of God is. If I don't, if I don't challenge myself on again, what my thoughts are, I may be operating in a way that is so self-destructive. This is guys, this is where depression comes from. Mm. This is where anxiety comes from. This is where, this, as you said, Jay, the self-sabotage and, and of not feeling loved and complete, feeling like yo, nobody cares about you. It's where you allow your mind to be rooted in. Mm. So I, I just challenge us to take a step back, look at that, and then if we're going to ask God though for clarity on it, let's be clear. He will test you. He will test you on your desire to actually change your thought process, to juxtapose your current reality. And you have a choice at that moment to do it, to see the results that should be bearing the fruits of the spirit that give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. And amen. Well, <laughs> uh, that's all we got for you uh, this Friday, folks. Uh, we wish you have a great weekend. Uh, and ponder on this, right? Let let this just mold this over in your mind. Um, hey, ask questions if you got questions. Please put questions yeah, in, the, this, in the comment box. A, if, if this if this is little whatever, please put some questions in there. Yeah, there, there, there's a there's a pop up after, or you may see it on your screen now that says, "What did you think of this episode?" Let us know what you think. Um, give mm-hmm. us some if there's something we missed. 
let us know. We'd love to include yep. it. But um, yep. Yep. we'll see you next week, guys, next Friday. And until next time, this is Juxtaposition. <laughs>